Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. All got your Bibles. Every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We do not wage war as the world wages war, but our weapons are mighty to bring down arguments and pretensions that exalt themselves above the knowledge of Christ. So I say, mind, say that after me, mind, you come into alignment with the kingdom of God and with the words of Christ. Amen. Amen. So we started a series a few weeks back. And we kind of hijacked it a little bit now, Mom's Day. But Mom's Day fitted in really nicely. If you weren't here, I was able to share a little bit about t- my testimony, but more so my mom's testimony and how she miraculously came to Christ. And even though in her last years she lived in a lot of guilt and a lot of sh- shame, and I shared quite an intimate story last Sunday. I'm not, I don't do that easily because I was really wanting to honor my mom. And that picture I showed on the board of us, four kids with her. Although we had different dads, we had one mom. And our mom held us together in some way. And even through her guilt and shame in later years, when she looked back, she knew that she had four kids who loved her. And when she gave her life to Jesus, all of the, uh, her children at some stage have given their lives to Christ. And isn't that awesome that the kingdom can break in to a family? But you see, it's one thing getting saved... And it's another thing for your mind to catch up to your born-again spirit. You see, in your spirit, you were made a new creation in Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, you can never be more righteous. You can never be in better standing with God. You can never be worthy of more worthy than you are of God's favor and blessing in your life. But if you don't know that, if your mind is unrenewed to that, You will never take hold of what God's got for your life. Amen? You'll get to heaven like my mom did on her her dying bed. I know people don't like to think that Adolf Hitler in his dying breath could have got a revelation of the love of God and said, please, Jesus, save me, and you're going to see him in heaven, and you're going to say, that's not fair. No, none of you. No one in this church, because we're not the older brother. We know what grace did for us. Amen? But you know, it's... Wonderful. I've seen people in my family saved, born again, on their deathbeds. And and through the years, some of them, the mind has not caught up with the spirit. And some has. And that is a process called the renewing of the mind. And we've been looking at this over these last previous week. And we're going to be looking at it into the next couple of weeks. Because it's so vital if people are going to be made disciples of Jesus Christ, true followers of God and fishers of men and fellowshippers with one another, they are going to have to have their minds renewed. And that process sometimes feels like five steps forward, three steps back. You know, chameleon, two steps forward, one step back. But long as we're making progress, long as it's not two steps forward and ten steps backwards, our minds have to catch up to what happened in our spirits when they were born again. So this has been a subject I've 
come back to in like, like winding circles over the years, over my 20, 30 years in the ministry. I come back to this because I know without this, we flounder. And we look at the illustration of God's promise to Abraham that all nations would be blessed through the seed. And we are the seed of, because we are in Christ. But Israel lost the plot somewhere along the line. Ended up in Egypt. Ended up in slavery, in bondage, which is a picture of how many Christians also lived their lives. But at some point, deliverance came through Moses. And Moses took them out. And it took 11 days from crossing, going when the waters opened, Red Sea, crossing through, coming to Mount Horeb, which was just spitting distance, uh, three wood, rather, away from the Jordan River. It took 11 days. And they said, okay, guys, we're ready to go in. God, for such a time as this, a land flowing with milk and honey, promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. We, this, was, this was where the, the seed is going to be incubated through the nation of Israel. And they sent in some spies, excitedly, who went in to check it out. And we know the story, 10 came back, grumbling and mumbling and saying, we can't, we're going to die, they're going to kill us. We were just as grasshoppers in our own sight. And you see, we're never going to do what we don't think we can do. So God spared them going in because they would have been slaughtered. And for their own protection, he said, do another lap around the mountain. Anyone know what I'm talking about this morning? Have you ever had to do another lap around the mountain? God didn't do that because He's angry with you. He didn't do that because He wanted to keep some happy things from you. He did it because He's got something to give you. And maybe if He gave it to you then, you would have got plundered. Amen? We've got to get this thing out of our head. When God tells us to leave the mountain and cross over, that it's because he's trying to take some goodies away from us. We've got to know that God wants to add some goodies to us. And if we locked, as the Israelites were, in past thinking to Egypt, and in present thinking of their difficulties and grumbling and mumbling and grasshopper mentality, we can never cross over. So God in his love says, I'm going to give you a word. Do another lap, and when you're ready, you're going to cross over. Problem happens is that we want God to move the mountain. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a word. Jesus went to the, the, the guy at the pool of Bethesda, and he didn't pick him up and put him in the water. He said, what do you want? And the man immediately saw the problem. You see, he had a narrative going on in his mind. Nobody can help me. Nobody wants to help me. I've been lying for so long. I asked this guy for help. He didn't help me. I went to an interview. I went to, I asked this girl. I went on a date. Nothing. I went, and I've been trying to do this and trying to do and, and it's their fault. And it's people. And nobody wants to help me to the water. And every time the angel comes, somebody gets in front of me. Come on, man. 18 years later. You know that we all have narratives in our minds. They based on things we've said about ourselves, what others have said, and what our own stinking thinking has come up with. We've all got those narratives in our minds. 
And the problem with that narrative is the moment we believe it, it becomes the truth for us. And then we think that's the truth. And for the Christian, unless you're continually going to the truth of God's word and re-examining your stinking thinking, reframing it, believing truth above lies, because you're only a captive to a lie because you believe it. But when you believe the truth, the truth sets free. And I know there's some people going through situations of, of work, and you're starting to tell yourself a story about the economy. You're starting to tell yourself a story about, I can't change direction. You're starting to tell your story, I, I have to change it. Or you're starting to tell yourself a story about, I'm too old, I'm too young, I've got to rather go there. I've got to rather go there. I want to say before you do anything, get to God's word and start believing some things about his purposes and his calling on your life. And don't let yourself just get sucked in to the way the world sees things. Because if you do that, you will never find out what his perfect will is for your life. And let me tell you, God's got some good stuff for you or else he wouldn't have you alive here today in this place. Come on, can you say amen? God didn't make a mistake when he made you. He had dreams already about your life. Well, you know, like I shared last Sunday, unwanted pregnancy. Nothing unwanted with God. God knows all things beginning to end. And he already thought through things that he's put there and planned and he's waiting for us to partner with him to just believe what he says. Because they're not going to happen. That mountain's not going to move automatically. That's why Jesus said you have to speak to it. We want the mountain just to vanish. We want to go to sleep one night, wake up the next day, and the mountain's vanish. It's not going to vanish. Because God's not going to change the mountain. God's too busy changing you. God's not going to change the mountain. God's too busy changing me. And he does that when we believe what he tells us to do. Another word for that is called obedience. And those good works that he planned for us can take 11 days, 11 years, 40 years, or they can go to the grave with us. I know, but we're into grace, so it'll just happen automatically. No, it won't. All that Jesus achieved on the cross for you was by grace. And now it takes faith to access what Jesus freely provided for you on the cross. Can you say amen? So I want to look here. Renewing your mind when life is not going the way you would like. And over the next three weeks, I want to... I keep writing. I had three, and then became six, and then became ten. And it's like, I don't know if I'll ever end this series. But I want, the temptation for me is to try and give all the information to you in one sitting, because, because I know you, you might be doing Amashava next weekend, and comrades the following weekend, and uh, honeymoon the following. So, uh, you know, as your pastor, I know these things will help, because I need them. Hello? I need them. I need my mind to be renewed. I want to just maybe give three today, three handles that when you walk out, you'll remember. And then over the next few weeks, just kind of drip feed, feed the others. 
Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. We have become His poetry. A recreated people that will, say will, fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus. That's why. The anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I just absolutely love that. We're not looking back. We're not looking at our present. We're looking at the works God has prepared. Your promised land is different to the person's promised land sitting next to you. Your promised land is your outliving the purposes of God in your life. It's the abundant life. Israel had a physical land that they occupied and then lost out on because they rather believed lies and had never had a renewed faith mind. But you don't have to because you are in a better covenant. You are in a superior covenant. This morning I want to declare over you, your mind's open to understand God's got so much more for you. And it's only as we bring our thinking out of the, the thinking of this world's culture into God's culture that we begin believing it. All right. Now I want to tell you a story of what happened to me on Friday. Friday morning, it's been a busy week, lots of meetings, people, admin, blah, blah, blah. Had a few ideas about where I was going with this. But Friday morning was my time for sermon preparation. So, I go, I find a place. I love to find a quiet place where I can get a cup of coffee, open my computer, and a little bit of ambient noise doesn't worry me. Too many church people I'll sneak out. with. So I find the perfect place. Sit down, I open. First thought is, oh, if I'm going to buy coffee, let me check, I've got money on me. My credit card, she's gone. Now, you, you know, I don't... Do you also get that same, like, dropping? Oh, no, where? Now my mind starts racing. Okay? I put petrol in on Wednesday. We took that couple out for, for lunch. But I think we might have paid with Zappa, but I think I could have used my... So now I've got a list of places. Then I was at Clicks. I got some stuff for Janet. Uh, where they pick and pay. Bought her roses on Tuesday and uh, carnations on Thursday. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm going through all these places I've been and now I'm, now I'm like, oh man, I don't want to cancel my credit card. You know what a mission that is. I mean, oh, yeah, you've got to cancel and it's like, oh, you've got to get a new card and it costs money. And so I'm like, now I'm, now I, I sermon, nothing. I'm on the phone to Janet. Please check my bed, check my bed, check it out, check it out. Everything checks, checks. I'm phoning, I'm phoning the garage, I'm phoning the clicks, I'm phoning the spur, I'm phoning. Wherever we've been, I'm phoning, leaving my number. No, nothing reported. Oh, no, Lord, this is, I don't need this this morning. Not today, please, Jesus. And then my phone rings, and it's Janet. 
So I'm like, oh, thank goodness, babe, where did you find it? She says, no, no, we haven't found it. She says, but we have a problem. Our sewerage system is blocked. And the stuff is now rim height in the toilets. And we're going to have four guests coming tonight to stay at our house. So, you know, she's running a sideline uh, BNB thing. So, which is doing very well and she's doing it. It's, it's actually working. It's been a real blessing. But now, this is not something we can leave till Monday. Sorry, I just want to take it to your room. Would you excuse this? But uh, there'll be a potty under your bed. So don't worry. We'll come and clean it out on Monday. So now, I'm a, now it's not as simple as phoning a plumber because I've got this guy that's been doing some maintenance for us to get the rooms up to standard where they could be used as guest rooms and they've got a toilet and a shower and blah, blah, blah. He's done the work and he's come back a few times and fixed a few things. And now this particular line of toilets, it's every second week it's blocking. Someone's got to get up with a hose pipe, open the top thing, put the thing in, put the hose pipe down, turn the water on, and it gives us two or three days relief and then it's blocked again. So deep down, I knew uh, this problem was not going away. But you know with those things, you think you just put it off? Maybe, maybe this time, we're just going to put it off. Now deep down, you know, you've got to actually dig a hole and dig a pipe out and find out what the real problem is. But you think you're going to just get away with little fix-me bits. Now my mind's racing. No, we can't. This is adding way too much stress to our life. I don't need this, Lord. So I'm going to phone this guy. He doesn't usually answer his phone because he's a boulder. I thought you'd like that. So he answers his phone. And I say, please, 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 I'm on my knees here. You have to help me today. You just have to help me. Long story short, he gets over there. They dig the whole thing up. They find what is the most ridiculous problem for you plumbers out there where a pipe this thick meets another pipe this thick, but there's a pipe this thick that links the two. Hello. So much for delegating to a subcontractor. He finds this and he says, here's your problem. Now it's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's been plumbing shops and it's been here and it's been there. And I said, my credit card's missing. And I'm, but somewhere at about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, my sermon comes back to mind. And I'm like, I know today I'm probably not going to be preparing a sermon but what a hang of a good day to practice a sermon. So I'm starting to say, God, my hope is in you today. These things are going to come to pass, and I don't care how it's going to happen, but you're going to work this for good in some way that I don't know. But Lord, I refuse to allow my mind to become toxic and negative. And, and, and while I'm fighting this fight, i got pictures of my credit card. Buying big screen TVs cha 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 and motorbikes cha 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 and like groceries and you know I, I I'm like must I cancel must I make it Janet phones again 
and says, I found your credit card. <laughs> I'm like, my plumber phones and says, we fixed the problem. I'm going, Jesus, why couldn't you just leave me alone and let me prepare a sermon? Why did you have to put me through this? But maybe when I, I, I share some of these points with you, you'll, you'll get it. You see, our narrative can be supported by the way we speak. I don't believe I can. Oh, no, not again. Oh, it's been stolen. I think that person. I don't know this. I went, oh, no, I'm not going to. I went for the interview, but I know I'm the wrong age. And, I do this. and our narrative, once it comes onto our lips, it's reinforced. And we've got to change the way we speak. There's a reason the scripture says, in all things. Say, in all things. In all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you. In all, not in some things, not in things that are going well in your life. It's easy to give thanks for. I give thanks for Janet every day. How beautiful she is. I give thanks for my children. That's easy. But when it's not so good, as other days in our marriage I didn't tell you about, you're still going to give thanks. Because if our confession is in agreement with toxic thinking, We'll never rise above it. Never rise above it. Someone said, your attitude determines your altitude. So true. Subconscious pilot in your mind is your attitude. Altitude is which direction your life's going. But the good news is we can change our lives when we come into agreement with truth. No wonder you have to be in the Word. No wonder we spent six years on the topic of grace. Because our brains were so toxic and polluted with a mixture gospel that it took a lot longer. Okay, can I share three things with you this morning? Okay, so first of all, with God, nothing is impossible. Come on, if we're going to praise God for something, we praise Him because nothing is impossible for God. That's, that's a good place to start in giving thanks, in giving praise. Because with God, nothing is impossible. You know, Janet's been warning me for some... Oh, let me run ahead. Okay, let me give the scripture. I can do all things in Him that strengthens me. Him being Jesus. I can do all things through Him. So with God, there's nothing that's impossible. There's maybe debt you're facing in your life. And your picture becomes, you know... I'm poor because my father was poor and his father was poor. Now, God promised to meet our needs. Not always all our wants. And I believe there's a balance there. I'm, I love the prosperity preacher's faith, but I don't agree that that is the ultimate purpose. So I walk in a balance there. And I don't judge them because they obviously got a different revelation. But I've got full confidence that God will meet my needs. He's met our needs for the last 30 years. Mine for 40 years since I got kicked out of home. God has, I've never gone to seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I've got to believe that nothing's impossible with God. Some of us have been needing a job career change for some time. And we say, no, well, this is just the way it's going to have to be. 
Well, there's a place for persistence, endurance. Don't throw the dirty water away until you get clean water. But there's a place to believe God for some clean water. You weren't intended to get up every day with a cloud over your head. To go to the office and be abused and, and feel worthless. You weren't intended to become a slave to an industry that robs you of an abundant life. If you settle for that, if you believe that's your lot in life, then so be it according to your faith. But at some stage, we've got to believe God is even able to change that situation in my life. And I want to pray for you right now. You've got a big decision to make. And you've got to say, God, let me start by praising you that with you, nothing is impossible. I'm going to begin there. Secondly, how is God going to turn this around for my good? That's a nice way to praise Him. You see, Bible says in all things give thanks. Give thanks for what? How is God going to turn this around for my good? Imagine living that kind of excited life like, hey, I wonder how this thing looks out of control. It's going to be really interesting and exciting to see how God's going to do it. He promised to. I don't see how he's going to be able to. Um, but it's I'm expecting. And I'm excited to see how he does it. Because if it was possible, I would do it. But obviously, he's going to surprise me by doing it. He's going to turn this thing around. It's the overflow of knowing nothing's impossible with God. So we're praising you, Lord, because nothing's impossible to you. And now I bring this situation before you. And the overflow is, I'm going to be surprised at how you can sovereignly turn this thing around, this disappointment, because my faith is in your goodness and I'm your child. And that's what I need. I mean, I woke up, didn't wake up. I went to bed on Friday night. Janet's been speaking to me for ages about my loose credit card and loose cash in my pockets. Because I take something out and then she says, look, you dropped 100 rand. Oh, oops, pick it up. Go sit somewhere, get up. Oh, go back, there's my credit card on the chair. Always for, and you think, you know, you think if you hit your head against the door enough times, it's a form of insanity to continue. She says, you should have got yourself a man bag. So she bought me a man bag, but I still kept my credit card in my pocket. But I got a wallet. Not going to fall out so easy. And my plumbing anxiety. After every, once every, I kid you not, like third, fourth week of having to get someone to go and clean that. You can't run a business like that. I mean, you, you're going to be away somewhere in the middle of the night, get a phone call. And now I'm like, you turn that to good because that's one less thing I've got to stress about. Isn't that good? You don't know how prone I am to anxiety. Only my wife does. I need this sermon more than you do. So do you mind bearing it for another 15 minutes so that I can come free? I do. I get anxious about things. She says, chill, babes. It's, you'll find it somewhere. I'm like, yeah, but what What if, what if? Maybe it was that guy I bought those avos from. Maybe he stole it and he's got it. Maybe he's already in Pretoria by booking a ticket to go overseas. You know, she's, oh, for heaven's sake, Stephen, calm down. 
Yes, amen, I give you thanks, O Lord, because there's nothing impossible. And you're going to turn all things around for good. Amen. Early in our marriage, we had a strong calling to go prepare ourselves for ministry. Go to Bible college, signed up for Africa School of Missions. And we were very excited, took it to our leadership. Long story short, it kind of got turned out. And we were just devastated. We were like, oh, you've got to be kidding. The leadership said, no, this is not for you. But then they came back a few days later and said, we believe we've got something that could be for you. We want to send you to Hatfield in Pretoria where you can go and study under Pastor Ed Rabbit and do your degree there. And I'm like, oh. I did national service standing in a long tower, freezing at night, four hours on, eight hours off, four hours on, eight, for like six months. I hate Pretoria. I hate the um, hate the militant state. I hate everything about the government. I, I don't want to go back to Pretoria. <laughs> we went to Pretoria. We got through our degree. I was apprenticed to a, one of the pastors who, was, who just happened to retire the year we finished our studies. And by then, our home group that we were running was like about 120 people. And the pastors called us in and said, this is a no-brainer. You're really doing the ministry. You're finishing your studies. We want you to come to Hatfield. Going to Hatfield was like walking, walking into the Holy of Holies. It was like Buckingham Palace. It was like Hatfield, pastor. It rained, Pastor. It rained. We all sat on the stage in suits on Sunday. I kid you not. I'm talking 30 years ago. But we sat on stage. With, hey, Joy, you remember that? Herman and Joy were pastors there as well. And Herman came down and was the first pastor in this church until the Lord took him home. And anyway, long story short, we look back and say, Thank you, Lord. We were disappointed. But sometimes our disappointment is his appointment. Sometimes you're looking at something in the natural right now that didn't happen the way you think. And instead of giving him thanks because he can turn it around for good, you become grumbling and groaning and you start seeing yourself through your own narrative as a grasshopper and your words come into a line. The moment you do that, you're taking three steps backwards. But the good news is God's not finished with you. So Friday turned out for good somehow. A stepping stone doesn't have to be a gravestone. It can be a grace stone into a mighty promotion. So, he's ready for number three. I know at this point... Number three, how did this happen? Oh, sorry, I didn't give you, I got so excited preaching, I just ran ahead. Maybe I need some help. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. Amen? That was number two, I think, maybe it got, okay, then number three. Okay, this is, the one actually meant one, two, three. I only got to stand at seven, so don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm serious, I did. But don't look at me like that. Okay? 
Okay, don't judge me. Now, I didn't judge you. I got standard seven, fine. Okay, at least I did an apprenticeship. Okay. Number three, this is going to come to pass. Come on. This is going to come to pass. That's another good reason why we can give thanks for all situations, in all situations, because it's not going to last forever. This thing I'm going through isn't for eternity. It might even just be in this little burp of time we call life, but ultimately we're going to come through it. But in this life, not everything is forever. You know, you've been through some stuff and you've thought, I'm trapped here. This is my life. I'm going to be here forever. And God says, it came to pass. And it came to pass. You read 40 times in the Old Testament, and it came to pass. Things are coming to pass. Even the sermon is going to come to pass eventually. I know, at about this time, I'm looking forward to coffee as much as you are. The shakes. It's going to come to pass. This niggle niggle between the in-laws. You keep declaring that with God all things is possible. You keep declaring that God's going to turn it around for good. You keep declaring, Lord, I'm not going to be stunted by what I see. Yes, this is happening in my life right now. This teenage delinquent is doing this and that and the other thing. And this uh, person at work has told these stories about me that aren't true. But in this situation, I'm going to give you thanks because this is not going to last forever. It's going to come to pass. Uh, my friend, 90% of what you anxious about today was, is not going to happen. And the 10%, if you conserve your energy from the other 90%, will be a breeze. Because there were things you were stressing about five years ago that you've forgotten about. They were like such a big thing at the time. I remember I had this big fallout with one of the pastors back a few years. And it was like I couldn't sleep at night. My, my brain was just saturated with this stuff. Because I, I said, Lord, show me something that was a big stress, but now it's just like, it's, like a, it's laughable. And I look back and it's laughable. We're best of friends. But at the time, it robbed me. So what's robbing you right now? What in your family is robbing you right now? What in, you know, I, I know someone might be cynically sitting and thinking, oh, but you haven't been in my situation. This physical condition I've got, you know, I'm, well, you know, I know I haven't been where you've been. You haven't been where I've been. But I do know this. That if we keep on coming into alignment with what Jesus did on the cross by believing truth, we will begin accessing everything he purchased. And healing is included. I, you, you see, here's the thing. We want to bring the word down to our experience. But maybe our experience is founded on bad theology, on wrong belief systems about the goodness of God. So, so then we shrink God down to our experience, and we try and put that on everybody. But I, I, I'm not going to be intimidated by that. Because if I'm going to start renewing my mind by these things we are learning about, 
I start walking in a greater measure of breakthrough and I start going into my promised land and the abundant life he has for me. And somebody else doesn't want to do those same things and is satisfied to live in mediocrity. I'm not going to feel bad about my blessing, my health, my prosperity, my ongoing favor in God, walking in love, peace and joy. I'm not going to let that get me down because I'm determined. I want my mind to catch up with what happened at my spirit that was paid for at the cross and belongs to me. Come on, you can say amen for that this morning. So, I'm going to leave it at those three today. Good morning. I'm going to leave it at those three and continue over the next few weeks. But just before I close, I'll see I've got three minutes and I'm going to use them. Oh, I actually got five. See, it starts the day, it started the day you got born again. Some people, it took nine years to find some abundant life. Some people, it took 11 days. And some are still wanting to go back to Egypt. The discipleship process that we are learning about in this local church is very simple. If you've got your own and it works for you, well, whatever blows your hair back. But what we're learning here is just in five very simple points to give somebody a, a way to do things, a means to do things. To bring the renewing of the mind. I just gave you three scriptures this morning in its essence. The first one was that nothing is impossible. The second one was that he can work all things together for good. And the third one was, it'll come to pass. Now there's somebody in your life, out there in the job, there in your home, there in your village, who needs to hear that good news. And you don't want to just keep it all swamped up in yourself. So how do you pass it on? Well, you've got to get with somebody. You've got to get with somebody. Two, you've got to share that scripture from a place of, I was at church on Sunday, and this is the scripture that came. Can I read it to you? Can I tell you? Can you rephrase that yourself? Because until understanding comes on the word, there's no conversion in the mind. And then just very simply, all th- uh, let's, let's, use, let, let's use God turns all things together. To, uh, according to this verse, what does it say about God? Come on, that's not difficult. What does it say about God? He can turn all things around. And what else? What else does it say about God? He's lovers. What, el- what else does it say? He's good. Yeah, sure. What does that say about people? A lot of people have messed up and need to hear that it's not the end of the road for them. There was a prophecy in the prayer meeting this morning. We pray in the mother's room. Please come and join us, half past eight. 
And there was a prophecy about a long tunnel. But God, it was a dark tunnel. But the reason for it was God, there were too many obstacles going over the mountain. So even though you had to go through a dark tunnel, it was for, for your protection. And sometimes we find ourselves in a place of, God, why did you bring me this way? I need to know that he's got the final word. My faith is, I give you thanks. And then how to pass pass these three simple truths on? Firstly, let me tell you what this is. Can you put it in your own words? Two, what does it say about God? Three, how does it apply to people, to you? Four, is there anybody you know that needs to hear this? In their life, the person you're talking to. Is there anyone in your life who needs to know that nothing's impossible for God? That, that, that God can turn the situation around if they'll just put their trust in Him, become lovers of God. Is there anyone you know who needs to hear that this, this season they locked in is not going to last forever, it's going to come to pass? Is there anyone? Get them to name someone. Fantastic. So when are you going to go and share that with them? Just five things. And you are renewing your mind because you are making disciples of people who are going to look past their own little problems to meet the needs of other people. Any, I heard clink, 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 clink. I'm having a few of my own clink, clink moments. You know, the penny dropping. Oh, I thought renewing the mind was just coming and sitting at church on Sunday, hearing funny things. No. Oh, I thought renewing the mind was just going to another conference. No, that'll help. No, renewing of the mind starts happening when you move from being a swamp into a river. That's when the word gets real in.